Turn together to the book of Revelation, chapter 4. I'm going to do a couple of weeks looking at, looking at corporate worship. Uh, I believe that anything that we do on a regular basis kind of runs the risk of having some of the meaning kind of deflate out of it sometimes. Things get to, they get to where they can kind of be real routine and whatnot. And uh, there's some things it's okay to be routine in, but the gathering of the saints should not be one of those things. And so um, this, is, this is not like an indictment saying it's gotten to be too routine with the ring. Um, but I believe God is just wanting us to make sure that that does not happen for us and that we're always on the ball and anticipating what He's going to do and what it means when we come together. So tonight, next week... Maybe the week after that, we'll see, see where things go. Um, so tonight, I just kind of want to have a, a, a baseline discussion on worship and, and what that is, what that means biblically, and why we do some of the things that we do. Uh, and so uh, you've heard me talk about this before, probably if you've been around for a little while here at the ring. But worship, like the word worship, uh, comes from worth-ship. And uh, so really, anytime we talk about uh, wor- worship, and we should automatically connect worth and value to that. And so it's really uh, your response to something or someone based on the, the worth or value you know, that, that, that they have. It's just, it's just that simple. Um, and of course, in church life, it, we tend to think that it's like the music part. You know, like we just finished the worship and now there's like the preaching, and then there'll be some more worship, and then whatever. Uh, but that's, that's not the case. It's a lot more than singing, and you know, we'll, we'll get to that kind of stuff uh, later on. But So tonight, it's really the idea of worth and value. That I, that's kind of where we're going to camp out a little bit. And um, in order to kind of illustrate it, I had a 20. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm balling, right? Okay. So, uh, so here's this $20 bill. It is... Uh, it is a vintage 1999 uh, 20. Uh, they literally don't make them like this anymore, like with the circle deal or whatever. So this is uh, probably very, very valuable, right? It's worth a lot. No, it's worth $20, $20 right? So, so if, if we're talking in terms of worth and value, uh, this $20 bill is literally worth $20. Um, and that's it. No more, no less. It's worth $20. That's it. That's the literal value. And so when we're discussing um, like worship, there is, in one sense, like the value and the worth part of it is, is what I'm going to term like there's, there's literal worth. Right? $20 of literal worth here. But then there's something, I don't know if this is like good terminology or not, but it's, it's the terminology I'm going to use. There's literal worth of this 20, but then there's a, there's a relational worth with this 20 as well. All right. So, this is what I mean by relational worth. If you hand me this twenty, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, twenty. All right. That's my relational worth to this twenty. That's my reaction. Hey, twenty. If you hand this twenty to Donald Trump, okay, he's gonna be like, "What's that? What's that? <laughs> you know? He's not. He's not gonna know. He's like, I don't. I don't know. 
So to Donald Trump, this 20, he relates to this $20 bill very differently than I relate to this $20 bill. Okay? Um, when, we were, when we were at the Bowery Mission the first year in New York City, um, there's, you know, it's like a soup kitchen kind of deal, and uh, some of us connected with this guy named Noel. And Noel, it's like Noel, but it's pronounced Noel. And uh, he, uh, he lives on the streets in New York. And so to, if you were to hand this, this $20 bill to Noel, he would relate differently to this 20 than I would and differently than Donald Trump would, right? So that's relational, like relational worth and value. And so both of those things go into determining how much this is, this is really worth, right? It's not just literal and it's not just relational, because if me and Donald Trump and Noel all walked into a Circle K, it would be worth $20 to the Circle K cashier, no matter which one of us has it. Right? So, so but both of those things are a factor. And so, um, put this in my pocket. Uh, and so, when we're talking about worth and value of anything, both of those factors are there contributing to kind of determine what is, what is something like worth? How much is it valued? And that applies to God, and it applies to possessions, and it applies to whatever. There's a literal worth, and then there's a relational worth. And so we're going to look tonight at the literal worth of God and the relational worth of God. We're going to use Revelation 4 uh, to talk about it. Let's start in verse 1. Now, Revelation obviously has some uh, imagery that is strange to us. And certainly strange to John as well as he was writing it. And so he's just kind of doing the best he can to describe what's there. And so uh, we're not, let's try not to get hung up in the, like some of the terminology and some of the things he's describing or whatever. Let's just acknowledge the fact that, that um, God brought John to, uh, like in the spirit to, to see what's going on. This worship in like the, the upcoming of, of heaven kind of deal. And so that's what's happening. And so what he is seeing though... Is the is worship of God, worship of God that he's never seen before. It's mind blowing. Okay, so start verse one. After this, I looked and behold a door standing uh, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, "This is Jesus talking. Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this." At once I was in the Spirit, and behold a, th- behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders, clothed in white garments, with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who's seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who's seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are You, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things, and by your will they, see, they existed and were created. That's something right there. Chapter 4, we see the, the literal worth of God unfolding before his eyes and then before our eyes. If we're talking literal worth, the actual worth of God, that there is no, there is no limit to it. He's infinitely worthy. And so in heaven, you go back to go back to verse 8. The declaration of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. To call him holy is to express his his otherness. He's unlike any unlike anything anywhere ever. There's a, there's a purity, there's a power, there's a glory that's there that can, can only be expressed by using the word holy. And I think, I think we struggle a lot of times with that word because it's so, we just can't really fathom what it is. I mean, we we kind of grasp at it sometimes and we still sing it because we need to still sing it because that's, that's where he's taken us. Is one day we'll have a full understanding of what holy means. And probably just like them, we're never going to stop you know, declaring it. Um, but but that's that's what we're saying. So in the in terms of literal worth, God's is is infinite to the point where notice it says um, in verse eight, four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes around and within. Day and night, they never cease to say, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, is, and is to come." They, they never cease to say it. All right? Now think about that for a second. If, when the President of the United States walks in for the big address, and he walks into Congress, and they all stand and they applaud for like 12 straight minutes, you know, and he shakes their hands and all that kind of stuff, he gets up there, um, he, they applaud and they applaud and they applaud, but at some point, the applause for the President of the United States, it comes to an end. They, they, it, it runs out. When the Saints won the Super Bowl and they're there and Drew Brees is holding up his kid and there's the confetti and everything or LSU won the national championship, whatever, they party, 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 and at some point, it's done. Like, yeah, well, that's, well, that's it, you know. Good job. That's it. There's a limit. There's an end. That $20 bill, it hits its max at $20. The things that we have... Homes, cars, different possessions, they hit a limit. They hit a, a value limit. It's, it's not worth more than this. But the literal worth of God, for eternity, it will be going up, and you'll never, ever get to the point where you say, you know what, that's, that's good. I think, we, I think we adequately described how good God is. I think we did it. You know, high fives all around. Let's go do something else. That's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Because the literal worth of God, it's infinite. He is infinitely worthy. He's infinitely valuable. 
And that's why we do, that's why we do what we do. Pick any aspect of, of the Christian life, Christian faith. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, the bottom line answer is because God is infinitely worthy. That's why. So we come together in here and we sing. And then at some point, like the, we stop singing, right? We say the priestly blessing and we, we go. Does that mean that we've hit, that, we've hit the mark? You know, we'll be like, oh, that's, I think we did pretty, that's pretty good. We nailed it. Let's go do something else. No. We stop because there's a point when the saints gather, when we've got, we gather together and he fills us up, and then we need to be sent. But that worship continues as we leave. And so when you go, let's say you go eat somewhere after this, the reason why you are kind to your server is because God is infinitely worthy. Because your worship does not stop. And so you worship God by being kind to your server and by being generous and tipping well and all that kind of stuff, right? When you go to work tomorrow or you go to school this week, whenever that starts, or whatever it is that you go about your day and you do, the reason why we show kindness and compassion and love and, and mercy and joy and, and why we have patience with people and why we, we look for those who are hurting and, and the, the reason why we look for those who are being mistreated and we seek them out and we want to help them and the reason why we go about and do all these things is because at no point have we hit the mark where we have adequately expressed the worth of God. And so because He is infinite, our worship is infinite. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, whenever, no matter what we say, we, you just never really get there. And so from this, from like the point you come to know Jesus, for the rest of eternity, in different ways, you'll be expressing the infinite worth and value of God forever. It doesn't mean in heaven. It's like this like mega worship service for eternity. We've talked about it. God's going to renew this earth, and we're going to live on this earth. And so we'll, we'll go places and we'll travel and we'll, there'll be like, there's just be all these like things that we have now on the earth except everything new, no effect of sin anywhere, everything's going to be perfect, but all those expressions, everything that we go is going to be worship all the time. It's just going to be worship all the time. So if your greatest fear is uh, an eternity of Chris Tomlin singing How Great Is Our God, okay, you need to take that and put that out of, out of range because that's not really what's going to happen. Um, but the, the premise of what's happening will continue to happen. That as we exist on the new earth, everything will have that same idea, like how great is our God? How faithful is our God? Holy is our God? And so we're going to express that in all kinds of ways on the new earth. And so what we're doing now is we're, we're getting that going now. So yeah, you show kindness to somebody, you show kindness to him because God is infinitely worthy. It's not because Jesus said so. It's not because you're trying to earn His grace and His favor. It's because the victory is His. And He's reigning. And at no point will we ever, will we ever run out of worship for Him. He is infinitely worthy. You see that in what they say? Verse 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Literal worth. Just infinite. Infinite. Now, chapter 5, we see relational worth. Let's read that. Then I saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And his hand was a scroll 
written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Okay, now this scroll, alright, that pretty much has written on it, uh, like, the, the outcome of history. Like, what's, how are things going to play out? What's going to happen? Okay, it's like the future of everything that we know is written on this scroll and sealed with seven seals. They're like, okay, who, who can open this? No, nobody, nobody can open it. Verse 3. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down. Worshipped. Infinite relational worth because of what Jesus has done. Because of who He is. Because He looks at us. Left heaven, came to the earth, lived a sinless life, laid His life down. God raised Him from the dead. Seated Him in His right hand. Every knee, every tongue. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Infinite relational worth because of the cross. So at no point do you hit the ceiling of His relational worth either. It goes on and on and on. So another part of the continued worship of heaven, let's read it again verse 9 is this new song. 
Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And look, look at, this is the relational side for, for us. By your blood, you ransomed people, that's us, for God. And this is the global, from every tribe and language and people and nation, you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Infinite relational worth. So he's infinite in both factors. So that's why, again, why we do what we do. That's why we structure our church the way that we do. It's why our ministries look the way that they do. It's why we're involved in India and Mexico. That's why we have people going out on the field. That's why we as, as a church are supporting them. You know, they're the arrow, we're the bow. We have some people coming back. We have some folks about to leave. We have all these things going on. And why do you do that? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because God is infinitely worthy relationally. Because He has died so that every nation, tribe, and tongue can be made into a kingdom. A kingdom of priests to reign on the earth forever. Infinite relational worth. So he's infinite in both in both senses. And so our our worship, our worship of God, no matter if we're outside of this place or we're gathered in this place, these are the contributing factors. This is why we sing, and this is why we sing the songs that we sing. This is why we study the word together. This is why we do community groups. It's why we do all these things. The bottom line reason why this happens is because our God, our King, is infinitely worthy. Literally worthy, relationally worthy. It just, it's infinite and endless. It goes on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever. That's it. So, so what's the, like, other than like that just kind of being, and I don't, I'm not saying that like, that you should be stunned right now, uh, but like, when I was prepping for this and reading through this slowly, you know, like I was stunned. And for me, like I was just like, man, I, I think some dots just connected in my in my mind that I've never connected them before. I just kind of sat in that for a little bit, you know. But then, like you know, like as a as like you know, like a teaching pastor type person, I'm like, okay, well, I can't just be like. Zing, you know, and then I go sit down. Like, there's got to be something. Like, okay, what do you, what do we do with that? Like, what, what now? So I started just, you know, praying, asking God, okay, what, where do you, where do you go, where do you go from Revelation four and five? You know, what, what's next? Um, I think that there are, I think there are some different factors that. When it comes to like when when the saints come together and gather together, because admittedly it's tough to walk in at five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and be perfectly like in sync with with these realities, with the infinite literal and relational worth of God, and just like just go for it. You know, I understand that. Years ago, that's why that's one reason why we started having prayer a prayer time before the service started is to give people an opportunity to kind of channel things in, but also for, for us like, to, to gather and to pray for the place because we know like, people are coming 
when we were all college students, people were coming from like group projects and from studying or from watching football all day or from something. They're just walking in, stumbling in the gym. And so we need to get this place ready because something holy is about to go down. So that's why we started doing it. And so as I was, was praying, like, okay, what, what does that really look like? I think if, if you think in those, those two terms, in like literal worth, relational worth, I think there are some people who, like when it comes to God, they have a, they have a high sense of literal worth, just kind of like natural, like just throughout the week. You have a natural sense of literal worth, and that's high, but you don't have a high sense of relational worth, you know? So I was thinking about that like in, in terms of like possessions and stuff, you know? So like, um, like I was thinking about like this, this iPad right here, like this is my iPad, and I don't... I don't need it, but I, it's useful and, you know, whatever, and it's worth X number of dollars or whatever. Uh, so it's, like, it has, it has, let's say, a high, like, literal value, right? Like, if I left it at Walmart, someone would steal it, okay? High enough literal value there. But it has no relational value to me, you know? It's not like my baby, you know? Like, it's not like, uh, that's my, you know, that's, love it, you know? I, if somebody were to steal it or if I were to drop it and break it, like, I'd be frustrated because I was out in that money or whatever, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't break my heart, you know? We all have that kind of stuff, you know? It's like, well, these are just, these are just things, you know? So the, they, have like, they have literal worth, street value, whatever you want to call it, but, but relationally, it's kind of low. And I think that, that there are some people who are just, that's their natural like, way of thinking about God. It's, he has, they understand the high, you know, high value, you know? So, so the, they tend to, to kind of be like, well, you know, God, he's the holy one. He's the almighty one, you know? And they want to they sing like big, strong theological songs, and they want to like argue, argue about, um, you know, all these kind of like issues and stuff like that, and they want to like dissect God and all this kind of stuff. But it tends to be very mechanical. And so from a worship standpoint... When you have a high literal value of God, but not a high relational value, there tends to be this absence of joy and love and compassion and excitement. You know, it's just very like whatever. Um, sometimes like you might, you might catch like a church service on TV, you know, and they like pan through the choir, you know, and you have some people who are like just crying and just loving it. And other, some of these guys are like, just look like they're angry, you know, seem like the blood is just angry about the blood of Jesus, you know, it's like. How can you be angry about the blood of Jesus? But, but I think it's because they have a, a really high understanding of his literal value. But, but when it comes to the, their worth relationally, it's, it's just kind of low. Kind of like that iPad in me. You know? And so if, if, that's how, if that's how you're put together, that's why, that's why we put songs in about loving Jesus. And what he's done for us. And his leadership in our lives. And, and that's why we do songs that are, like, lyrically, they're just a little more tender. Because if that's how you are, we're, like, what you need to do is, like, it's almost like you put a limit on the relational side. Maybe there's some infinite whatever on the other side. And so we're trying to, like, bust the lid off of the relational worth for you. And there's something about when, like, I mean, you don't have a choice over the songs that we sing. So when we come in and you start singing about loving God, loving God, loving God, sometimes that, that lid starts to kind of, like, pop off, you know. And next thing you know, like you're you're in the fullness of what's of what's going on. And so that's why that's what part of what happens when we're together. If you're off balance, then there's some intentionality about trying to make you not be lopsided in that sense. But in both in both senses, you're just like off the charts, whatever. 
But I think there's some people who are the, who are the other way. You know, I was thinking about like things that I have, and there are things around my house. Like uh, I have one of my, like a lot of them are pertaining to my grandparents. But I have like a uh, one of my grandfather's Bibles. Uh, I have um, one of my grand, grandparents made it. He made this level. You know, like it was like a homemade level that I have this aunt who doesn't know where it is. So don't tell her, but. Uh, I, I have it. And so uh, I have one of my grandpa's, I have, like his putter. He was a golfer. You know, I just have some of those things. Um, I have uh, the, I found this as a railroad spike when we first started going to Mexico that God used this railroad spike to just confirm to me that this is where the ring was supposed to get involved. And so our whole partnership with Mexico comes from this railroad spike that's there. On our, my last trip to India, I found a railroad spike at the railway station where the, all the kids are. And they don't even use railroad, railroad spikes to hold the train, like the tracks to the cross ties or whatever. They don't even use those. And here's this thing sitting there. I was like, oh, got it. And so both of those suckers are sitting together. I have those two things, and I have my like silver ring when we started the church. And I have these things that are, that if I were to take them to like Antique Roadshow and be like, hey, how much are these worth? They'd say, they're, they're worth nothing. They have very low literal worth. But to me, I, those would be the things that if my house burned down, those would be the things I'd be distraught about. I wouldn't care about the iPad or the TV or the, what, that kind of stuff, but it'd be those things. My relational worth to those things, are just, it's off the charts, no matter what the literal worth is. I think some people relate to God that way, naturally, where they, they, they have this really high relational worth, and so it's, they, they love to sing songs about God's love for us. They love to express that, and people, and they maybe get, they do get emotional about it, and and, I mean, they weep all through communion, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Super high relational, but sometimes there's a there's there's a lack of awe. There's a lack of understanding for about the holiness, and the reverence, and the power and the majesty of God. And so, for people who are kind of naturally that way. That's why we sing songs strong in theology. That's why we sing songs that make you declare the holiness and the power and the vastness of God. Because we want, we want there to like just be no limit on, on either side. And so I started thinking, like, again, like, okay, of the things I have, what, what is off the charts in both categories? And the only thing I could, that came to mind right away is this bass right here. All right? Now this bass... Uh, I looked up the serial number, and it's like a like mid to early '60s Fender Jazz bass. They literally don't make them like this anymore. Um, I'm not even going to tell you what this bass will go for on eBay because I'm afraid that you'll steal it. <laughs> just to be honest with you. Um, let's just say that it's worth more than it looks like. Okay, it's ugly. Uh, it has a bunny bread sticker on the back. Uh, But this, this bass is literally worth a lot of money. And it's literally worth a lot in the music community. You know? That if this bass were to fall, fall off of the back of a truck and just explode into a million splinters, um, there are people in Nashville and Austin who would like, sense it in the force somewhere or whatever. You know? like it, would, <clears throat> it would really be, it'd be a loss. It would be a loss in the music community to, to lose something like this. You know? So the literal worth, there's a dollar amount, but then there's an, in another sense, like it would just be... It'd be off the charts. But relationally for me, this bass, uh, there's a story about how I got it, which is pretty awesome. Um, so that connects me to it. Uh, but probably, I would say with, maybe with like five exceptions, 
literally like five, five to ten exceptions, every time I've ever led worship in a corporate sense, it's been with this bass. So when we started the ring, uh, the summers I did at, at crossings and at centrifuge, uh, disciple nows and camps and different events, um, all the days at Parkview, all that stuff, this, this was the bass that I played. Um, that bunny bread sticker has a story to it. This strap is not because I'm a Willie Nelson fan, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's because the first time we ever, I ever led worship with it, I didn't have a strap. And our guitar player, Sean Miley, was like, he's like, I got an extra one. It's, re- it's America flag. And I was like, that's fine. I like America. And so, uh, and I've just never, I've never changed it. Never saw a need to get another one. Um, so relationally, this is worth a lot to me. And so in both senses, in, a literal, in literal worth and in relational worth, uh, this base is a treasure to me. But the truth is, um, relationally and literally, that's nothing. It's nothing. But that's, that's, how, that's how we need to live. It's not like the iPad where it's lopsided. It's not like those personal things that I have at home where they're also lopsided. Our existence with God needs to be kind of like this. We're on, no matter how you factor in worth, it's just unbelievably high. We understand that God is of infinite worth and value. And we let, we let that drive us. We let that drive us when we come together on Sunday nights. We let that drive us as we sing and as we approach the Word and as we abide and as we listen to, what do you want to say to me tonight? And, and as he fills us up, and then we, we let that be what sends us forward out of here and to work and to our neighborhoods and to our families and to people and to the nations, if that's what happens. And whatever, whatever drives us forward, we need to let that empower us in community group that when we're together, this God who is infinitely worthy is like that's the reason why we come together to, be, to let iron sharpen iron and to, to be known and to know each other and let all, that thing, all those things happen because of God's infinite worth. And I don't know if, if maybe like you tend to lose sight of, of this altogether. Maybe, maybe you tend to be kind of lopsided and you need to, like, you need to just take the lid off of both sides or, or what. I have no idea how that applies to everybody. But I do know that the gathering of the saints, like one of the like, reasons why corporate worship needs to happen is because we need to take the lid off. We need to live this way. We need to think this way. We need to grow this way. And we live in a world that's constantly saying, this is what worth and value comes from. This is what it looks like. And this and this and this. It's always acknowledging all these things that are completely false. So we need to be able to get together with the saints and be like, hey, remind me again what's true. Remind me again what's, what's pure, what's real. Remind me again who God is. Because I've been going out throughout this week, and I've been... I've been Really just needing that. We come together in here and we learn. We learn how to deal with the scriptures so that you go home and you can learn to deal with them there. And we, but we're coming together and it's really, like so much of it is, let's, let's get back on, like, finding, like, true north. And let's let that make a difference as we leave. So we're gathered and we're sent. We're gathered and we're sent. That's what happens, happens over and over and over again. And that gathering, corporate gathering, is all about the worship of God. And helping us come back on the same page and realize, oh yeah, 
infinite. Infinite literal worth. Infinite relational worth. And that changes everything about how we live. Let's, let's pray. God, we, um, we obviously struggle uh, to kind of just consistently live in this reality that we see in Revelation 4 and 5. And so we really just we need you to help us. Help us to, to get into that place where we really, we really just get it. We're grateful for the ways that you remind us and prove yourself to us. And you, thank you for the scriptures that talk about your literal worth. Thank you for the songs that you have inspired that we can declare that value. We can get back in touch with what's real and true. We're so grateful for the relational worth that we experience when we know you. It's not something that we we just read about or hear about, but something we know to be true. I know we're we're kind of like Job who you know through his suffering and his affliction and your involvement there at the end, of, at the end he's, he makes this beautiful statement where he says, my, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And he was taken to just a whole new understanding of your worth. And I pray, God, that every time we gather, that would be the case. That, li- that literally every time we come together, we'd walk away being like, wow, he's even better than I thought. He's even more vast than I realized. And Lord, as we sing, um, as we sing these songs, I do pray, God, that you would you do that among us. That you would stun us. And so, if we're kind of lopsided in the, our worth and value, I pray you just. Just break the lid. All right, let's stand together. We're going to sing a little bit with all this stuff in mind. So let's just, just let him do his thing among us.